Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Pastors of the North podcast. Today we're continuing our discussion about um, how to read the Bible, most uh, most particularly about how to choose a version. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, welcome back to the Pastors of the North podcast. Uh, my name is Nick. I'm here with Brian. Hello. We are excited to be back with you. Hope you're having a great day. And we're going to continue our discussion on reading the Bible well. There is so much that we could talk about in this topic, in this area. Oh, yeah. Uh, we just talked a little bit last week about approaches to reading, kind of the maybe the, the presuppositions we have when we come to read a text. Um, what we thought we'd talk about today is actually picking a Bible translation, because that mm. is a... It's a topic people wonder about. Oh, right? absolutely. Like you walk into a bookstore and you're like, what am, what am I doing? This is, <laughs> well, and I mean, it, pick? it can be a totally daunting task, really, yeah. when you think about it. Because it's like, okay, so there's NIV, there's TNIV, there's KJV, there's NKJV. Right. And yeah. it's like, well, what what is it? And then all these different, like, add-ons, like leather cover, <laughs> yeah. extra wide. <laughs> You know, room for drawing. Well, and then there's for here. women, for men, for teens, for kids. Like it's just right. it's kind of this huge thing. Yeah, and yeah. I, feel like I actually it wasn't until recently that I actually bought a Bible. Like almost all my Bibles were just given to me. So sometimes uh, you just end up with like whatever you're given. Bibles your youth pastor gave you, or your your person in your family who's a Christian, and then you came to Christ. They yeah. bought you a Bible. Yep. Um, but sometimes you've never chosen for yourself right till yeah. down the line um so what we what i dug up actually was we in 2017 according to this letter we purposely switched uh our church pew bibles to the esv which is the english standard version right and i guess that's worth saying up front is uh why should it why in a, in a digital age, why bother having mm. having a pew Bible? Um, well, I mean, <laughs> part of that though, like explain. Like, yeah. not everybody, not mm. everybody has a phone with a Bible app, well, or exactly, whatever, right? Yep. And then, I mean, on top of that, I mean, you're you're going to go into that, but yeah. um, it's kind of that community reading yes. aspect. Yes. If you're all. I'm just going to put it this way. Literally on. If you're on the same page, it's going, the message is going to come through clearer. Right. And one of the things that actually physically reading a Bible, uh, and we'll get to this. I I read a book called Analog Church, which I think, Ryan, you'd probably really, really like. Yes. Um, It's not a huge read, but it just touches on so much, especially fitting to read during the pandemic. Um, Just why we need real people and real places and real actions yeah yeah in the digital age and he goes into a lot of stuff about technology really good balance like he's really good at saying like some of this stuff is so helpful mm. in conveying information but people are transformed in analog experiences isn't that interesting right yeah yeah we get lots of information digitally oh yeah but we're actually transformed in analog situations with analog in real with real people right and you know what's funny actually the secular world recognizes this we i got a letter from Darla, from head office, mm-hmm. with info for Ontario pastors from the province. So this is from the province, sent to head offices of churches all through Canada. Well, 
yeah, yeah to the head office. Yeah, he's the one to Calgary. So we went to our head right, office yeah. regarding is for anyone who's registered to marry people in Ontario. And it says in it specifically, this is like an update regarding COVID stuff. Okay. It says you can't marry people digitally. Right. It doesn't count. You can't marry them virtually. You have to be physically present to witness in the same space. Something I never even would have considered being something to address, right? Right. But huh. But when we think so much else in our lives could be digital. Right. Isn't it interesting that, that the state itself, which is not Christian, right, is fairly thoroughly secular, right, would say, no, actually, you have to actually be present for some things to actually take effect. Right. You have to really be there in person for it to matter. Mm. And I'm like, man, if if the state knows that, how much more should the church be saying? Right. Yeah, we totally agree. Right. And so then, but he goes on. It's just an interesting thing that happened to me this week. But yeah, having people physically open Bibles um, to follow along with what the pastor's preaching is really, really, uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's something we kind of take for granted since the Reformation when uh, everyone started to get Bibles after the printing press and the Bibles were kind of put in the hands of ordinary people. Um, But what it does, what's different about picking up a Bible to open versus reading on your phone is... First of all, it's a tactile experience. You feel it. You can smell it. You can interact with it. You can write in it. Yeah, we've got a stack of Bibles on our on our table here while we're talking. And uh, one of the things that that you do is almost um, without realizing it, you know if you're in the middle or you know if you're near the end because of where you're at in the book. Right. But if you just kind of look it up digitally, it, it can sometimes just be sort of this message that just comes to you disembodied. You don't know if you're at the beginning of the story, the end of the story. Right. It's just this clip it. And unless you know your Bible beforehand, you know that. But if, if you're new, mm-hmm. like it's just it's just sort of this disembodied text message. Right. Well, and right. And realistically, too, I mean, this is this is one of the things that I, I talk about with my youth on a regular basis is, you know, reading the Bible every day. That's part of how we develop a relationship with, with God and with Jesus. And I mean, the, the Bible is one of our, our biggest tools in witness and evangelism, right? right? If somebody has a question and we're like, Oh yeah, yeah, there's a verse about that, but I don't actually know where, <laughs> then it, it kind of, I don't want to say it discredits us, but there's there's something to be said about being so intimate with God's word that we can actually open up the Bible mm. and find what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, the, I think that's that's a really important aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. And that only comes with just becoming more and more familiar. With yeah. It. I mean, obviously it's fine to say, I don't know exactly where that is. Right. Oh, right. absolutely. But there yeah. is something about this yeah yeah i was reading something about that the other day yes yeah actually that almost ties in more rather than just sort of looking up a proof text Mm -hmm. for your question right like oh this verse can be used to dismantle this argument right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's almost more of an effective witness to be like actually i was reading in the bible and exactly you know jesus talked exactly about how we use our money Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Or, or about caring for someone who's hurting Right. Like that's just 
you know, you can kind of go right into it. Yeah. Um, so we have few Bibles at the church to encourage people to read. Um, we also encourage the public reading of scripture. Um, Paul actually says, uh, don't forsake the public reading of scripture. Um, but a lot of our churches, uh, bless them, even our evangelical churches, which would emphasize the Bible. Sometimes we don't have the public reading of scripture, right? We, we, you know, the pastor just sort of jumps into a, a sermon and the Bible sort of used here and there. You have little verses here and there to back up the, the preacher's main points. Instead, what, what we try to emphasize at our church is, um, we're going to sit under God's word. We're going to hear it read over us. And then one of our pastors is going to stand up and, and teach that section, right. that passage. Um, and it doesn't mean you can't have sermon series where you determine needs ahead of time mm-hmm. and do a topic. You can do mm-hmm. that. But, but there's something powerful about saying we are going to submit to God's word and do this whole book. Right. right. Like right now we're finishing Revelation. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks left. Um, and we could have done that in many different ways. And it's not to discredit those who don't do it, but there's something powerful about saying we believe this is God's word and how it was organized too. Right. It's not, yes. just, it's not just there for me to dismantle and use how I want. Yep. I want to sit under it and allow its authority to kind of wash over me mm-hmm. and then and then have someone help lead me into that to see what's see what's going on in this text right and with implications for how to live and what it means for my relationship with jesus and and to do that in community so we purposely have someone usually someone get up at our 9 a.m or our 11 a.m and and i'll i'll say almost every sunday let's prepare our hearts Mm -hmm. for the reading of god's word um hey you know hey let's pay attention yeah this is like a a moment in we probably wouldn't formally call it a liturgy right but it is actually this moment in our order of service where we we kind of there's this pause and we we're pausing from the whole week to stop as a community and publicly listen to god's mm. god's word speak over us mm-hmm. and i just think there's something really really beautiful and good about doing that and and also it just equips people to serve in the church to, oh, to become leaders. It's, right. it's not a bad thing. So, so because of that, we ended up kind of needing to decide, well, what uh, is there a particular text that we want to focus upon a translation? Right. Yeah. Um, and that brought us to this point where we were trying to decide what translation to use. And so we end up switching to the ESV. We had had NIVs. Um, and there's nothing wrong with NIV. It's, right. it's perfectly yep. fine. Um, the reality is we're really blessed with a lot of good English translations. Oh, yeah. A friend of mine who's French, and he's like, there's only two French translations. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, like there's like, like a King James-y one, kind of like an oldie, yeah. feely one, and then like another one. I was like, oh, man, I'm I just didn't so... realize that. I mean, that could be different now. But that's right. what he understood at the time. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I'm, this just blows me away. Like, I'm just so used to this sort of plethora of translation. Right. Like, it can be debilitating, you know, what do I actually pick up? <laughs> but just like, there's just a wealth there. It's like, it's like picking peanut butter. Like, there's just, there's just so many options. <laughs> More options I know what to do with, right? Um, so one way to, and NIV is a great choice, and it's great for, for both like personal devotion and study. 
but there was a few kind of practical reasons why we switched to, to ESV. And so Brian and I, we thought we'd just kind of walk through some of this. I've actually got a Bible translation comparison chart open in front of us. And maybe we can link it uh, in the description below. We'll find a good a good picture that we right. can put somewhere and point you to it. Um, basically, there's three approaches to Bible translation. There's a word-for-word uh, approach, which you might call literal. Right. And then there's a thought-for-thought approach, which is called dynamic equivalent. And then there's a paraphrase approach, which is called free translation. And essentially, in each one of those... Um, you have different sort of philosophies of how you translate the Bible. So in in a word-for-word approach, or the essentially literal approach, they try to translate the, again, from the original Greek and Hebrew, right? Bible yeah. and Greek and Hebrew, a little bit of Aramaic. They want to translate the ancient text by capturing its meaning as well as the word and sentence structure. Yes. And so it's not just a matter of um, taking the overall thought and changing it. They're actually trying to translate the way the sentence is structured in Greek right. or Hebrew. Um, but if you know different languages, you realize different languages structure their yes. sentences really differently. Yes. And so sometimes um, the translation will actually read really woodenly because it mm. doesn't actually read that way in English, but mm-hmm. they're trying to preserve the original sentence structure. Right. So it's, it just sounds kind of awkward, but that's kind of on purpose. Right. Just so you kind of understand how it's laid out. Um, if the phrase is ambiguous, sometimes they'll try to um, keep the ambiguity instead of making an interpretive decision for the reader. Right. And that's what's different about um, thought for thought is they'll actually make an interpretation decision for the reader. Mm. And that's what's important mm-hmm. to know. Like when we're teaching is like sometimes there's been a decision made by the translation team that maybe isn't necessarily part of the text, but they're trying to put that in to help explain it to people. Right. Um, and that's just part of translation. It's okay, but it's just helpful to know if that's going on or right. not. And yeah. if you're hinging your whole belief on something that's really just sort of an added phrase to help right? versus kind of the core of what's really there. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? So good examples of essentially literal are New American Standard, ESV, King James, and ESV sort of, I would say, probably the best of that kind of category because it's quite readable it's very accurate um i just really like it mm-hmm. yep it doesn't feel as wooden as the nasb to me right um then you got your dynamic equivalent that's kind of your thought for thought it wants to capture the meaning of the text as clearly as possible but it might lose some of the precision of the word usage or the structure and sometimes they'll make those interpretive decisions so that's like your niv um, your your new revised standard. And then you've got paraphrases kind of on the far other end. And they want to convey the original meaning and feel of the text, but use contemporary language and almost sometimes a conversational style right. a lot of the time. That's where you have the living Bible and the message. Um, Something that's almost more relatable. Yeah, right? it's often it's very down-to-earth kind of language. Um, but they're not caring about the sentence structure. They'll right. read it, go, how do I say this sort of nowadays and put it in. Right. And then there's better and worse versions of how to do that. Right. So if you know how to read Greek and Hebrew, you can go, well, this is what it would have sounded like to the original audience. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can make that sound like that in English. Right. Yeah. And if you're just translating off of like a King James version and mm-hmm. rewriting that, like you're not even going back to the original manuscripts. 
well, then you're kind of just making something up. On yeah. Own, right. You're not yeah. attempting to kind of go back and, and work on it. So, um, so those are kind of different, different approaches. And I would recommend, like, if you are reading the Bible and you've never really read it before, it's probably helpful to read something more like an NIV than an ESV. Right. A more thought for thought. Um, or even a bit of a paraphrase, going towards paraphrase, like the NLT, New Living, is kind of between NIV and paraphrase. Like, it's it's very free in its usage of trying to explain things, but mm. it's it's not as wooden. It's, it's easy to read. If, if you have trouble reading, that's the other thing is some people just have trouble reading. Like if you're dyslexic or you were right. never picked up reading very well in school and, and but the church is always telling you you got to read the Bible and you're like, I don't know how to read. Um, starting with something like the NLT is a great well, and way to That makes sense. Right? The other way is just you can listen to the Bible. You don't have to read it. You can listen to it. That is true. Yeah. You just listen. Find it. Like there's the ESV actually has a podcast where they do a Old Testament, Psalm, and New Testament every day. Hmm. There's an episode, and you just listen to the ESV. That could be your Bible reading. Right. But there's, like, lots that well, do that. Different translations have that. Right? And you know what? Even even the, the Bible app on hmm. your phones, <laughs> I mean, you pull up a chapter or a verse or yep. whatever, you hit the play button, and yeah. it'll read it to you. Yeah. And I, I know that several translations do have that. I don't know. I think most of the main ones do. Probably, yeah. Yeah. And that, again, just to engage, sometimes listening is just a different way to engage your imagination. Right. Yeah. I mean, I listen to audiobooks when I'm washing dishes all the time. I, I could, you could listen to scripture. Right. You're cleaning up after your kids at the end of the day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, that's yeah. an easy way to kind of get God's word into your heart and into your mind. Um, if you find it's difficult to sit, if you're driving a lot, right. You've got the long commute or you're, yep. you're away from home or, um, yeah, you just, you've got this time you got to drive to get to work or at the end of the day, you're driving home. Right. It's a great time to just put on the old audio Bible. Yep. You know? Yeah, exactly. That, no, that makes sense. And, and, you know, we, we talk about carving out time specifically yeah. to read the Bible, but I mean, that's exactly it. If you've got a commute, I mean, here, here the commute pretty much consists <laughs> if you work in Sula Couch and, you drive back yeah, and forth I mean, or whatever. A, you know, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in the cities, I, we talked about it a few weeks yeah. back, how the the family it's, structure. It's right a real now, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big, big commute on average. And that's, that's how you can reclaim some of that. Right. Wasted quote unquote. Yeah, that's time. a good point. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. No, that's really why. So the other reason we switched to ESV as a church was because we, we try and preach expositionally, which means again, we, we have a text for that Sunday that we're preaching through and it gives us good kind of precision, but also accuracy and sort of a modern readability. It's, it just makes it easy to kind of uh, read through a section and preach through a section as a church Um where you're, we're kind of getting a good kind of word for word. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easy for a pastor to sort of go, it kind of means this and to sort of paraphrase it in their own language. Right. But it's, it's a little better to start with something that's closer to the originals. Yes. And then re, re not retranslate, but be able to sort of explore the meaning mm -hmm. uh, in the preaching moment. Right. Um, and kind of walk through that, walk through that together. So um, that's, that's why we, that's why we preach ES from the ESV as a church, but I also use other translations if I, 
Oh yeah. Well, and, and I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? When, when you're, when you're doing, um, any kind of, of study, yeah, it's, it's sometimes nice. Uh, how do I even say it? It's sometimes nice to get different perspectives. Oh yes. I was going to say that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. so you read it like I know for myself, a lot of times I'll be reading in the, the ESV and if there's something that I'm like, struggling to wrap my head around well sometimes i'll switch to another version yeah so that i can actually oh oh, okay i i see what this is trying to say right um and then and then sometimes it just it it gives you a a more full rounded yeah comprehension yep yeah i think often when you're actually studying the Bible, it is good to have sort of a translation from the three different camps. Right. So have a good word for word, kind of literal one, have a good thought for thought. Like, so have a ESV, maybe have an NIV and then have a more pair like of the message or the living Mm -hmm. Bible Mm -hmm. or uh, the new, the NLT. Yep. And, you know, have your main one for study that you're working with, but it's helpful to have the others to just sort of, read through it all mm-hmm. to really sort of grasp what you're coming at. I think that's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a friend of mine who was reading a passage in the NLT and it was really bothering him. Mm. And when we looked it up in a different, different translation, he was like, Oh, well, that's way better. Yes. And that was a moment where I was like, Oh yeah, there's been an interpretive decision made in this translation. That's not really, it's not that it's unfaithful to the text, but it, just based on his circumstances, he was yep. reading it this other way. Yep. It was just not helpful. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not really where that's meant to be going. Right. Yeah. But looking it up in the other one was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's more what's. Yeah. Going that on. makes sense. Um, if we have time, do we have time? Where are we at for time? Yeah. We've got a couple got more time. minutes. Yeah. What I want to do is just actually read through. This is Hebrews 12, verse 1 in a couple translations, just to, so you guys get a sense of these different different ways this works. So here's actually, I don't know if ESV is actually on here. Oh, it is. Okay. So here's ESV, Hebrews 12, verse one. Again, this is the kind of quite literal sort of word for word kind of version approach. Hebrews 12, verse one says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. That's ESV. Now here's the NIV. So again, more middle of the ground thought for thought. Yeah. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. A little different, right? Mm -hmm. And now here's uh, the NLT, the New Living Translation. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, that life of faith that's basically added in, right? Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. That's not bad. Right. I kind of like the the vibrant imagery of that. Right. So in ESV, we have um, lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. In NIV, we have let us lay aside every weight and the oh, oh uh, wrong one. Let us let us throw off everything that hinders 
and the sin that so easily entangles. Yeah. So weight and sin are two different words. They're probably two different nouns in Greek. Right. In the NLT, we have let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. So the, mm. that especially is added in. Right. Um, but that's very similar ideas. Lay aside in ESV. In NIV, it's uh, throw off everything that hinders. And in the NLT, it's strip off every weight that slows us down. Right. It's almost more it's almost more graphic. Uh, yeah. Every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. One's like set aside. Yeah. One is throw off. And one's like strip that thing off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But but they're all, you know, basically getting to the same to the same sort of point. Like I, you know. Yep. The other thing to notice, so here's a good example too in the ESV. Again, Hebrews 12.1. Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and, and NIV does this too, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, they're assuming the reader understands they mean witnesses right. of the Christian life. Yes. The NLT yeah. is assuming you may not quite get what that means. Right. And that's why the NLT is adding in huge crowd very sort of colloquial language right right yes, it's yeah. a huge such a great crowd you know yeah. it's just this huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith right and that's exactly what witnesses means right. in the esv and the niv but it's but the nlt is spelling that out just a little more straightforwardly they're not that's not a word for word translation right but is it capturing the meaning of what witnesses is supposed to mean right yeah yeah totally is yep do I use that for serious study to say, to say, oh, these are the witnesses to the life of faith. But there's, if I started preaching, but there's this other crowd of witnesses to the life of evil. Right. Well, that's not really what the Bible's getting at. Right. Passage, exactly. Right. It's yep. just saying great cloud of witnesses. Basically, it's those who have gone before cheering us on. Right. 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 If I start twisting that in a weird way, yeah, that's not what's there, you know? So, I mean, a, a way to look at it then would be these uh, more paraphrased transitions are are great for devotional purposes. In yeah, a they sense, can be. Right? Yeah. Something that kind of gets the, the story across. Yeah, it'll, it evokes the emotion yeah. of it. Yeah, that's It's like way. it's trying to capture the emotion of how the first readers would have felt hearing it. Right, yes. Um, which we may not get in a word-for-word -word kind of one. Right. Like there's like idioms and stuff in Greek and Hebrew, like kind mm. of turns a phrase. Yep. That when you just translate English, like you don't know what that means. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a footnote explaining here's what that phrase would have meant. The original right. here's whereas the NLT or a paraphrase is just going to throw in an English idiom. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, like saying, well, that's a close call. Right. Like that. We all know what that means. So they don't yes. say that. No. Hundreds no. of years ago. No. And so, you know, same thing. There's those in Greek, but if you just had those translated out in English, you're like, I, it, it looks funny. It just, yeah. yeah, I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no cultural relevance. Yeah. To yeah. Yeah. And so thinking about Bible translations against helps us appreciate we're reading an ancient text um, translated from other languages. Um, we have just been so blessed, like the way in which we have these English translations and the way in which they are so faithfully well done. Yeah. Um, just incredible work by scholars. 
right prayerful devotional awesome believing christians who who do the hard work of translating from greek and hebrew and trying to discern how to how to work this together in a way that serves the church like what an incredible witness mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. to the life of the church um to the to the work of the church to carry th- this stuff forward is just awesome right um yeah we're just so blessed in the time we live in oh to absolutely have access to god's word without fear of persecution mm-hmm. without fear of you know being put in jail because we have it i mean we've all got bibles sitting on our shelves <laughs> like it's i'd be in jail for a while <laughs> right like it's just it was, it was such a different time and uh no it's just it's just awesome and that we have what we have mm. and i think yeah we just want to encourage you if you're listening and and reading the bible's been a struggle for you or you're just learning you're just getting into it um, find a translation that's good for you. Find a pastor who can help you navigate that decision. Right. Maybe you've yeah. been reading one translation for years. It's time to just switch it up and let God's work speak in a in a fresh and vibrant yes. way. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes that's helpful too. That's true. So, yeah. Any closing thoughts, Brian, on the old journey of just read a Bible? Just <laughs> just read or listen. Yeah. Get yeah. it in you. Get it in you. Yeah. Get it in you. Right on, man. Excellent. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, It's yeah, it's really good to be talking about this. Um, We might talk a little more about it in the future. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye bye. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us this week. I'm really glad you're able to hop on and check out uh, what we're all about and really hoping that you were able to get something out of uh, our conversation this week. Um, Like us, follow us, whatever platform that you're on, share us, um, get us out there. Uh, We just want to be able to bless people and really work with them and help them develop their, their Christian lives. Um, If you have any comments that you want um, to let us know about, um, if you have any questions that you want to ask that you'd like us to address in an episode, um, please feel free to um, send us a voice message um, right on our Anchor homepage, which can be found in the description of our channel here. Um, So check that out and um, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks so much, everyone.